Craft Beer Radio, episode 438, on September 23rd, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. One may wonder why are we playing this song. Probably because of our first beer, which is from Stillwater Artisanal Mainstream Pop Song. And that was a mainstream pop song from Lord Royals. All right. So this is a beer from Greg. Listener Greg sent us a package a couple weeks ago. Hi, by the way. My name's Greg. I'm Jeff. A uh, different Greg. Yes. Ooh, that smells good. It does smell good. This is a New England IPA. From Stillwater Artismal. It is eight uh, percent alcohol by volume. It has a nice orange color. Let's you know, lot not quite the white. Lots of chunkies. Lots of chunkies for sure. There's like big chunks of yeast floating around the bottom of the glass. Only a real orange kick. Lots of mm-hmm. orange. Not even like tangerine or clementine, but almost straight orange. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like, you know, you just peeled the skin back on an orange and you take a bite of a, out of a wedge. Is there any information here on here? Uh, Stillwater is brewed. So Brooklyn, New York is where Stillwater is, but it's brewed and canned in Overshores Brewing in East Haven, Connecticut. Mainstream pop song. Yeah, it, it's a hazy beer. It's not, you know, milky white or anything like, you know, some of those ones can be. This is August 4th is when it was brewed, so it's pretty fresh. Um, I mean, you know, it's two months, but that's not bad. Uh, and it says, made you look at the bottom. <laughs> I like it. Put the government warning right on top in the middle. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta put it somewhere. Yep. First time I've ever seen it above the title of the beer. Hmm. Hmm. Trying to do a little more to analyze this. It has uh, that that creaminess to it. You know, has a bit of a vanilla vanilla cream type flavor to it. The orange comes through later. I didn't notice on the first sip, but on the second sip, you get kind of a tang. It's not it's so much orange pithy. though. Like the orange is really coming through in the aroma, but but the flavor okay. is. It's. I was thinking like pithy orange, but I mean it's grapefruit as well. I mean it's. There's there's a little bit of of like. It's weird for me to say this because it's not estery like a like a banana typically, but there's a little bit of kind of a. Textural component. Speaking of banana? bananas, we had oh, a yes. tweet, uh, one drop soup listener here in Pittsburgh. Uh, he called me out, and he was right. I, I kept messing it up. I kept saying something like ethyl amyl acetate. No, iso amyl. Or <laughs> I'm gonna look it up, make sure I get it right. I know iso is the part I was messing up. Isoamyl acetate. Yes, isoamyl acetate. That's it. Not ethyl. There's no ethyl in there at all. And, you know, he was... He, just, he heard it, and he was yelling at the radio, and I don't want to be that guy. I try to be... I make mistakes. I just... But I try to, you know, put together as technically correct as we can sure yeah everyone makes mistakes but uh the the point is acknowledging them i and and we didn't i didn't i'm sorry let me just iso amyl acetate is the banana flavor yeah in beers so what i'm getting is kind of a smoothie like texture it reminds me of, of a banana put into a smoothie but i'm not getting a flavor of banana okay uh but it, there's a little bit of like blueberry mixed in there mm-hmm. um sure 
so it's kind of it's an interesting combination of, of flavors. It's not those chunks, hot bits. I'm getting like a burning in the back of my throat. Like even you like have a wet hot beer or something like mm-hmm. that. You know that lupulin kind of hangs around, burns back your throat. Getting a little bit of that, but that looks like yeast and not hop stuff. Or I wonder if it's like lupulin powder. People are using lupulin powder. Really? In beers now? Like, Interesting. They get like a pack of like freeze-dried lupulin powder. Or, you know, it could be some of the oats precipitating out. It could be a lots of different things. I mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the bottom half of my glass is getting more bitter and more hoppy I agree. than the top part I of the I agree. Glass. The top part was not as... Yeah, it's not as burning, like you said. Yeah. It's either building as we drink, but I, I really think this stuff at the bottom is uh, more... Hoppy than the stuff. It's at the also top. getting more flavorful. It also feels like the the real tangerine stuff is coming out now. Um, mm-hmm. And some of that. Oh, that sip was really good. Yeah. Some of that smoothiness is going away. Essentially, we had some stratification here. Right? It, there was some, but it was like it sank to the bottom of both of our yeah, glasses. Yeah. Interesting. It's not green. I wonder if it is lupulin powder. You would think that would dissolve. I, mean, I don't know what happens to that stuff. Just going for all the uh, dregs. As much gook as I can get. Because this is beer where I think the gook is the best part. <laughs> yeah, no, it has a... It has a um... So at the top of the glass, the stuff that didn't... You know, before above the sedimentation, it was... Very, like you said, that smoothie type thing or that vanilla cream type thing. You know, we were both kind of dialing on the same thing from Mm -hmm. different angles. And then there was, you mentioned blueberries, and I I was getting like a grapefruit pithy orange, something like that. But then as you got further down, the fruit juices or the the citrus fruits kind of got that tangerine became more apparent. Mm -hmm. Right now, a tangerine's really nailing a great flavor. This is mainstream pop song from Stillwater. <laughs> Not only did they put the government warning on the top, but the brewery name is upside down. <laughs> That's everything a, your graphic design teacher would tell you not to do. And uh, so for those who are looking for it, the, the mainstream pop song, like it looks like those... Uh, Covers for now number fourteen or fifteen, right? It's that sort of font that's extruded out and has. There's that, or it looks like you know if you're when you used to buy records on you know on TV with you know like the compilation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. The now those now things were compilation records, so CDs, but okay. Yeah, Yeah, I got pretty bitter at the bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. All right, so we got three double IPAs and three not double IPAs. So let's split up the IPA double IPAs with a not double IPA. How about an Oktoberfest? How about one? So this was uh, sent to us by Sam Adams. Thank you, Boston Beer. This is a well. It's an Oktoberfest. It's a Martin Tetnang Tetnanger and Hillertown Middlefra. And the malt varieties, they're uh, Sam Adams Two Row Malt Blend, Munich Ten, Sam Adams Oktoberfest Malt, and Caramel Sixty. Five point three percent alcohol by volume, sixteen IBU. If you're counting, one hundred eighty-seven calories. One of my favorite sessions that that uh, sessions um, seasonals that mm-hmm. Sam Adams makes is, is their Oktoberfest because it's it's a it's almost not a March and it's more malty than that, and I, and I kind of appreciate. Of the more malty version of Oktoberfest in general. Mm-hmm. It, it changes because, I mean, it's agricultural product, but it does tend to be a more malty okay. version. Yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, remember this one is coming across with a big malt character. Pour is this dark brown amber tea color. Oh, the aroma. It's been a while, you know, with this double I, or northeast IPA kick that we've been on. It's been a while since we've had a good, clean German lager. Yeah. And you smell this, and you just kind of smell, um, 
how is it different? But you know, you're, the malt is just. It's, it puts a smile on my face. Yeah, you know, it, it, it smells a little bit like a malt house in some sense because you get some of that um, fresh malted grain aroma, but you also get a little bit of toffee notes on there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Munich or Vienna, you know, as one of the big portions of a malt bill for a beer like this. Mm-hmm. And those guys will give you kind of um, not a caramel or sugary sweetness, but... Um, much more subtle multi I'm trying to think of another example than multi but you know multi bready sweetness and uh, almost like oh, I wish I could think of a good <laughs> example right now well a real a real nice toasted bread I suppose or hmm. yeah it's 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 hard to say right it's it's French like, toast, maybe a little yeah, bit. Maybe I think it, I think it's hard to say because we don't have very many things in our diet, which is barley forward. You know, you have grape nuts, right? But like, yeah, anything well, else that uses barley is kind of you know hidden away. I mean, you can consider it like if you had malted milk balls, you sort mm-hmm. of understand some of the malt mm-hmm. idea, but it's not quite that sweet or that uh, right cloying. This is funny. We're just sitting here smelling yeah. our Oktoberfest like we would smell a northeast, you know, a double IPA or something. And I'm enjoying it just as much. It's it's really very appealing. Yeah, not very hoppy. Some Oktoberfests will tend to have a higher hop profile. I like this one dials it back a lot. This is really a showcase for the malt. Comes across moderately sweet to me. Um Maybe I prefer a little bit drier, but I'm not really complaining. And it really gives you that Vienna type malt flavor, you know. Oh, this is Munich. Actually. Oh, is it Munich? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, say I was wrong. Unless but... part of their two row pale malt. No, it, it it could be Munich. I was guessing Vienna because it seemed a little. I don't know, just from my you know. My well, own well, so personal. Let calendar. me read the malt varieties again okay. because there are two in there that. I mean, could have Vienna, right? So Sam Adams two-row pale malt blend. Probably not because it's pale malt, right? So probably mm-hmm. not Vienna. Yeah. Munich 10. Samuel Adams Oktoberfest malt. See, I don't know what that is. Okay. So that could be Vienna, right? That could be their own mm-hmm. mixed or, or whatever. Right. And then and Caramel 60. Okay, so there's Caramel 60 in there as well. That could be interesting. I, I, I'm hardly a lager brewer. I, I've never mixed Vienna or Munich with Caramel. I think that kind of explains a little bit of how sweet this is, right? It also explains the color, too. I mean... Yeah. Colors... Like I said, it's that tea color. Super yeah. clear. It's pretty beer. Yeah, I, it, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm really cozying up the same items here, but this is just a delicious beer. It is. It, like I said, I've always been a fan of the Oktoberfest, especially when they go more malt forward. I think this is a really enjoyable drink... Uh, uh, be, especially if we're going to be doing it in between a couple mm-hmm. uh, hot bombs, yeah. as a real uh, palate cleanser and as a you know just sort of a different, ex- a totally different excitement on the tongue in, in sense to to get everything mm-hmm. lined up. This is a malt bomb for sure. I mean, I can't think of very many beers that I have had a, as Oktoberfest that. Or this multi, this one's on the far edge. No, I mean, this is close to, like, a Fuller's ESB in terms of the amount of malt yeah. it's giving you. Yeah, I mean, Oktoberfests are moderately hoppy. And this one has hops to it, but, like, not a hop flavor. Yeah. Just the moderate bitterness. Uh, they're really going to showcase the malts here. And I'm digging it. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I want to say about it. It's a very drinkable beer. You could... Quaff one of these, even, even in those one of those big steins, you probably do this pretty easy. Go well with pretzels. That it would. Anything with cheese in it. I'm wondering if it's a little too sweet. You know, as I'm drinking this, it, it's. It... I, I was thinking to myself, it could use a, a little bit extra hops to kind of to just 
just kind of keep it malt forward. Yeah, keep it malt malt dominated. But it as I'm drinking it, I'm just getting a little. It's laying on my tongue a little little too thick. A little thick, yeah. But I'm still enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, I think I I agree. I think it it, it might. It may be time to add so, a little bit of extra hops to that just to get it mm-hmm. to get a little bit more balance. Okay. All right. So the next double IPA. Let's do this one from the Alchemist. Crusher. Crusher. Kyle sent this guy in. 9% alkali volume, 110 IBU. Oh, is that it? Come on. Go big or go home. It's an American double IPA. And um, it's got some floaties in it. Well, you know, Henny Topper is the drink from the can beer, so right. I'm just going to give us all the junk at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Alchemist is the brewery that does Heady Topper and Focal Banger. We've done a few of those on the show recent weeks. And this is Crusher. So, yeah, so this is. It, it looks very similar to the mainstream pop song in terms of both the, the floaties that are in it uh, and the. It's a little bit. It's a slightly more translucent. Right, it, it, it's a little bit less hazy, but then, <laughs> just barely. Oh man, the floaties are next level on that yeah, one. Yeah. All right, so on the back of Crusher, there's a little bit of information here. Uh, Crusher is an American double IPA that I started making years ago at the old pub. Hopheads have constantly asking. Hopheads were constantly asking for more hops. So in the words of Frank Zappa, "Did you say you want more? Well, here's some more. Why try? While I enjoy hops." With the rest of them, I still try to maintain some semblance of balance and drinkability. There'll be whales here! <laughs> so, balance and drinkability. Some semblance of balance some, and drinkability. Some semblance or some semblance? Some, some semblance, probably. It right, also says, enjoy responsibly. This one can sneak up on you. This is a July beer, a little on the old side. And the aroma on this one isn't nearly as bright as mainstream pop song. You know, it's closed off. It's probably a little bit hop faded. Let's see how it fares. It smells that way. It smells like there was... Sometimes some of that, like, uh, minty aroma you get from hops is... is... The green stuff is staying, but most of the hop flavor is sort of like... Most of the hop aroma is kind of gone. I definitely smell some Simcoe, which is... Uh, for those who are unaware of what Simcoe is, it's gen- it's a more sulfury hop. It's, it's kind of a, a phase two-ish. It has tangerine notes, sulfury notes, and can go a lot of ways. It's it's a useful hop for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Flavor on this guy. It's a big sweet double IPA. There's a, there's a good bitterness there too. I, I think maybe it's a bit hop faded, but it still has some serious chops to it. You're still getting um, kind of like that orange candy type flavor to it. You know, there's a high saturation of sweetness and then you get a little bit of orange flavor as well. I, I could definitely imagine that the booze can sneak up on you on this guy. Nine percent is on the can. So I'm thinking Simcoe. I'm thinking Centennial, and uh, Centennial tends to be tends to be grapefruity with a little bit of pine. Mm-hmm. The pine is kind of what's still there. Yeah. It's not like pine forest or sappy pine. It's kind of like across the field from a pine tree. You know, right. like, yeah. like you're just getting a little bit of of pininess, but that's kind of like 
the main overtone that I'm getting. It's piney without being overtly resiny. Yeah. Like uh like tomahawk can get or like um um some other Chino- Chinook's the one Chinook, that I always Chinook, call Chinook. As, yes, thank you. as being the the sappy yeah. pine boughs laying in, on the ground. It does have kind of a, a greenness to it, which I think is a decent flavor, but I do associate it with hot fading. This reminds me of some old school double IPAs with that big malt flavor, that mm-hmm. sweetness, that booziness, or just this side of booziness, right? Well, it doesn't taste alcoholic. You can tell it's in there. This is reminding me of some of my favorite double IPAs from, you know, yeah. the mid 2000s, 2007, 2008, somewhere in there. I'm thinking of Hop Wallop from Victory. Sure. I'm thinking of uh, Stout's double IPA. Okay. Those are two beers that this one is really reminding me of, especially at this advanced age of, uh, you know, two to three months. The um, the bitterness is starting to build a bit, uh, not in the necessary you know very negative way, but it's just you know it's, it's it's the character of the beer. This is it's called Crusher. It's not one that I, <laughs> it's not like crushable, crush, right? It's not crushable. No, if you do, you might uh, run you'll into be some crushed. <laughs> uh, yeah, your tongue doesn't notice the alcohol, but your brain does. This one does have a, uh, some nice, I'm starting, you know, now that I'm kind of acclimated to the beer, it's opening up like little nuanced things here and there. And there's a, there's a bit of that, that creaminess, you know, like that kind of OD West Coast thing. Like I'm getting like, maybe it's from all the gunk that's floating in there. <laughs> Whoa, there's a lot. Look <laughs> all that gunk. I don't know if that's Me hop. Me too. I don't know if that's hop stuff or yeast stuff, but there's a lot of gunk. There's a lot of gunk. But it looks like a snow globe, right? It's it's yeah. not cloud. It's not cloudy. It's actually individual pieces all clumped together, floating around. It doesn't. The, the other thing to, to point out is texture wise, it doesn't taste gunky at all. Right? Not, mm-hmm. Neither of these ones have been gunky. You don't taste the fact that there are floaties in there. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. You don't feel that texture on your tongue. Yeah. So it's it's just. It's an interesting visual. That your beer looks like a snow globe. Yeah. This one, like the mainstream pop song, I'm getting more of the hop flavors. It's getting a little more orangey tangerine now that I'm getting down into the floaties. So it, it seems like, I mean, these, these glasses that we're using, we're using the barrel-aged uh, uh, glasses from Spielglau. Perhaps they tend to concentrate some of the gunk more to the bottom. <laughs> my, my guess at this point is that this flo- these floaties we're seeing is the the lupulin powder mm. being used for like dry hopping or something. But he was doing this for years. That was probably before lupulin powder was around. Well, for years he's saying that uh, hopheads are constantly asking for. Oh no, okay, no, he's been ma- started making this years ago. But beers, beers are alive things. They they evolve. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But this beer is alive. Damn it! It's a living document. Yes. While we finish up the crusher, I think this is a good time to uh, trigger your Pavlovian responses. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you probably have a new tab open in your browser right now, and you're you're halfway craft through typing craftbeerradio.com. I don't think that's going to go. That doesn't do left and right. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Here, you want to do that? Yeah, all right, yeah. Which knob is it? This one. Go. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. I think that was the right knob. <laughs> oh no, it was the wrong knob. Do it again. Okay. <laughs> Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Yeah, now, now I can hear it. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Head on. Place directly on forehead. <laughs> no. Too bad I don't edit the shows anymore. I take out that first part where, you, <laughs> where I wasn't fading you left and right. 
it, it's a uh, it's honest it's more honest than this yeah that was the crusher it was all gunky and glippy and gloopy it's good i mean so i think it had some you say gloopy it wasn't gloopy no it wasn't gloopy just glippy and glumpy it was, it was it was glumpy because it had those glumps in it, but it wasn't. I, I don't really know what glippy is, so I can't really say. It, but gloopy to me means more like okay. viscous. All right, gotcha. I was, I was just making rhymes or whatever those were alliterations. Um, so we're now we're gonna take another hop break. Yep. Uh, Dave, my friend Dave from who's living in Iowa, brought me some. Iowa, not Iowa. Why did I say Iowa? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, he's living in Kansas. Um, <laughs> beers. Brought us some Boulevard when he was here. Over. Oh, that's foamy. That's not good sign. This is the early riser from Boulevard. We knew this beer had some age on it, but it's a coffee porter, so we were curious to see how it um, fared. It poured with that big fizzy head that beers get when they get a little bit infected. So let's see. the The glass wasn't turned yet, though, and so it could it could be fine. I feel like now that you adjusted myself, I feel like I'm oh, like... we're both on the same side. Okay, jeez. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, that's the gain. I oh, I was messing with the gain before. Okay, try it now. Uh, okay, hello, hello. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm... You're too far? Yeah. You were too far. You were too far right. Yeah. Greg was too far to the right. You know he can't handle that, so... Oof. Boy, I feel like it was 15 years ago. <laughs> um, early Riser Coffee Porter from Boulevard. 5% alcohol by volume, 28 IBU. They take Kajibo Kahibio C-A-J-I-B-I-O. Kaiju Big Battle? No. <laughs> Kaiju. That, that, that's got a K in it. Uh, Kahibio. I'm just going to say Kahibio. Right. Sounds good to me. Uh, estate coffee from their friends at Maps Coffee Roasters. Early riser. 5%. 28 IBUs. Now, like I said, this Very, beer... very dark brown. With some, you know, very, very dark with some very brown highlights if you hold up to the light. So, I think that this is saying that the beer was bottled in December on December 2nd, and they want you to drink it by May 1st. Mm. Or it was bottled on May 1st, and they don't care when you drink it by. But I think they want you to drink it by May 1st. Well, so, we're, yeah, we're a little late to yes. that party. But it's a coffee porter. It's not a double IPA. Right. So the aroma on this guy, no band-aids or plastic, which I was worried about when I saw the foam come out of the beer. I'm I'm getting kind of that coffee smell, but the one that's like kind of like a pepper, like a yes. poblano or something yes. like that. You know, so it's kind of the blend between coffee, poblano, maybe that's oxidized coffee that gets peppery. That would make sense. Would it? I, I think so. I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm in the dark here. I, it could be. It could not be. I don't know what oxidation would do to coffee, really. I could see it getting kind of like pepper fleshy or something like that. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe I'm drawing a conclusion from other times that I've had this aroma in coffee beers. And they're like, are those all been the old coffee beers? Well, okay, maybe we should we should discuss oxidation. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, so ox- oxygen itself, the gas we all live on, is a uh, it likes to take electrons. It's a very yes, it's a very active gas. Yes, right? it's not helium. It's mm-hmm. not argon. It's it likes to grab things. Yes, it likes to grab hold of things, and 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 in doing so can change their chemical composition. So uh, while we need it to survive, too much of it is... Well, that's one of the reasons. I don't want to get too sciencey here. I know you, this would be awesome. You'd love it. But, you know, it's one of the reasons that oxygen is so good for us. It's so reactive that when we breathe it in, our blood is able to use it and suck it in and absorb it into our hemoglobin and stuff because it's such a reactive gas. 
uh, for a lot of things that have ever been, not just saying living things, but a lot of things that have ever existed, oxygen is not good. You know, it ruins them. It ruins metals. It ruins glass. I mean, it's used to etch glass Mm -hmm. as an idea of what, you know. Oxygen is is like a slightly less powerful fluorine. (laughs) Okay. So uh, in a beer, right, when when barley malt gets oxidized or beers get oxidized, they tend to go two different ways. They'll taste like kind of cardboardy or wet cardboard. They could turn into like a cherry sherry note. And when they go that way, they can be a nice feature to the beer, especially if it's the right kind of beer, a barley wine or mm-hmm. something like that. So the reason I mentioned this green pepper thing is we've got it a few times in coffee beers. I've, we know this is an old coffee beer and it smells very poblano or green pepper. And we've had it before. I don't have data available on how old all those beers were, but I mean, this doesn't really smell like fresh brewed yes. something or another. Right. And that's kind of where I'm making this assertion that maybe old coffee turns peppery. To be a little sciencey, just one more time. Yeah. The other oxidation you may be aware of is uh, rap- rapid exothermic oxidation, which is what we call combustion. So, right. This is not the kind of oxidation that results in a fire, but right. I mean, that's again oxygen wanting to grab mm-hmm. onto something, you know. And when that in the temperature of a fire, it's able to grab onto carbon to make CO two, and it just getting sucked in and yep. It just wants to be with somebody. <laughs> Oxygen is very... Yeah, it's very clingy. Very clingy. And carbon is perfectly willing to be clingy with things. Carbon loves being around other guys. It's an enabler for oxygen. Yes. All right, so moving on to the flavor here. You've got a nice porter. It's It's not... Like Imperial Porter, but you know, we've been coming off a lot of big flavorful beers tonight. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm getting a nice porter here that's kind of coming across a little bit chocolatey, a little bit roasty. I'm getting like a touch of Tootsie Roll in there, but not too much. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then the coffee, I think the coffee is faded a bit. I'm not getting a pepper flavor or anything like that, but the coffee is kind of like um, coffee liqueur. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not quite work coffee. It's not quite, you know, special It comes across really like a coffee liqueur. Yes. And, uh... It's not the, a bad flavor. Yeah, the beer is... The beer does not taste like it's, uh, six months too old. It, it doesn't taste vibrant. It's not the most exciting coffee beer I've ever had, but it has some shelf stability. You know, it, it it's, a, it's a definitely reasonable and drinkable beer at this advanced age now i wonder i'm just curious because i know okay. no clue about this but so they call it early riser um obviously because that's coffee in it mm-hmm. how much caffeine do you think is actually in here how much do you think like it actually would work as i mean obviously the alcohol depressant part would or intoxicant part would not uh-huh. work well with the caffeine necessarily or maybe it's, it would i mean caffeine being a stimulant alcohol being intoxicant yeah i i don't know i've never got a buzz that i mean like a a, a jolt right off of a coffee beer so here's a, here, this is interesting so this beer is called early riser uh, East End's coffee porter is called, well, it used to be called Eye Opener, mm-hmm. but they could no longer call it Eye Opener because the TTB battle thought that uh, it was making claims that the beer would literally open your eyes. This is when a guy named Battle was in charge. Yes. His little name was Battle and he was in charge of. This the... is his nickname, wasn't his? Oh, really? It was his middle name, maybe, but it oh. wasn't his first name. It was Kevin, I think. Uh, this one says Early Riser. Right, but how is I mean, I'm so just curious open, about the difference because eye opener sounds like I can I, I can sort of see the explanation. Eye opener sounds like it's telling you what it can do. Early riser is more like a colloquialism that we have around certain types of people. 
So, but so is like if it said heart pounder, it would be different than if it said, hmm. uh, uh, some other clever saying, <laughs> bleeding heart. Okay, right? Because those are different. You know, a bleeding heart is a type. You is a colloquialism for a type of person, but right. heart pounder might be like this will get your heart pounding, which is not necessarily. I mean, I'm not saying that you would want that in a beer, but it, it's the same, I think, concept. Right. But early riser and eye opener. I, no, I guess I guess there's. You're right. You're right because early riser is someone who's getting up on their own volition, where eye opener is the caffeine making you alert at right. that early hour. Well, you don't describe people as an eye opener, but you would describe people as an early riser. Right. Okay. Not that this beer will make you get up early. You should drink it when you wake up early. <laughs> yes, we, we highly radio. recommend. Crafty Radio insists <laughs> that you drink this beer when you wake up early. Or any coffee porter. Okay. Um, another double IPA, I guess? That's That seems to be the pattern we're doing. Alright, get some rinsey rinse. The last one. Another not beer la- from. Not the last one. Okay, the second to last one. The last double IPA. The penultimate. Another can. This is from Aslan Beer Company, courtesy of Greg. Oh my goodness, look at this. Ooh-wee. At some point, we're going to get sick of these Northeast IPAs, right? <laughs> I mean, it's got to happen, right? Does it? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Right? I mean, eventually, but that doesn't seem like it's happening right now. This is a Northeast IPA. It kind of has that uh, white creamy note that we like in like the General Braddock and the Lou from... Uh, from Brew uh, General. This is called Double Orange Starfish. It's from Aslan uh, Beer Company. Uh, dry hopped with uh, Citra and Galaxy. The, uh, these guys, their labels are art, right? Because like the main part of the label doesn't. The main part of the label is just the graphic. Yeah. It doesn't have any words. Doesn't say the brewery name. Doesn't say the name of the beer. And all of that is over here in a white collar on the right hand side, right above the um, Surgeon General's warning: Keep cold, drink fresh, recycle, or die. <laughs> What? Recycle or die. What does that mean? It means recycle or don't be an asshole. But it says die, not don't be an asshole. Well, but it's it's colloquialism for don't be an asshole. <laughs> die? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just like delete your account, you know? It's like don't be an asshole. 8.3% alcohol volume. Um, wow. Tangerine Dreams. And papaya. Pineapple. Yikes. That that just tastes like a fruit... It smells like a fruit cocktail, right? It's just like all kinds of shit in there. There's lots of stuff going on there. It's really good smelling. It's really bright on the aroma for mm-hmm. such a cloudy beer. Usually these these super cloudy northeast ones are their aroma kind of more withdrawn. That this one You don't have a date on this one, but it smells pretty it fresh. It smells pretty damn fresh, yeah. Double orange starfish. Now you can sort of see where that comes from with the label, because it's mm-hmm. sort of two starfishes that are but they're they're not positioned like standard starfishes because they kind of look like they're turned sort of like people. I don't know how to explain that exactly. Yeah, but... like Patrick from SpongeBob. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. I think I know what you mean. Not having watched SpongeBob, but if if you have, he has an anthropomorphic friend who's a starfish. At least initially, it's not quite as bright on the flavor as it was mm-hmm. in the aroma. Right. But it's got nice creaminess to it. It's got uh, 
Really nice mouthfeel. A little bit of papaya guava is the main part of the flavor. Really, I don't know if it's really bitter or if I just got a bitter buildup on my tongue from the flight tonight. But like, I am like bittered out right now. Like my tongue is like, ah. Oh. This does not taste very bitter to me. This uh, tastes excellent to me. This this reminds me a lot of 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 Lewis. Like it feels like mm-hmm. Lou if it were. Yeah, about a month or so old. It, it has a lot of juicy quality to it that has it's just slightly faded in terms of flavor. Uh, really right. very drinkable, very, very, uh, very enjoyable. I'm digging it a lot. I think I was thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, like what brands are prop, what styles are popular, and IPAs have always been popular. But these Northeast IPAs, they're, they're the Goza of 2017, right? You know, we don't see yeah. as many Gozas out there as we do cloud hazy IPAs now. And like, part of me is wondering, like, could there be a style that is so good and so generally appealing that it like redefines, like, like. Like fifty percent or more of craft beer could like yes, I mean that could absolutely happen. like it's almost like a cheat code, right? Like, could any IPA be the cheat code that like completely turns craft beer on its head? And it's like there's going to be brewers. There are brewers who only make any IPA. Yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, the the examples from the past in in both brewing and in, in general beverage making is of course the the uh, classic american pilsner which became a yeah. incredible uh seller and an incredible defining style of generations and i think back to something like coca-cola right where all types of fountain drinks are being made but something was hit on with this kind of nutmeg mm-hmm. and uh, you know whatever stuff goes in coke but so that there are things that catch on and somehow proliferate like proliferate yeah i mean so like we've been doing this for quite a while and you know styles have come and styles have go and we've latched on to fads or just very good beers mm-hmm. goza is a great example sours barrel aged beers Meated beer never did quite catch on like I thought it would. <laughs> did you really think it would ever get there? I, I thought it was going to get some legs. I didn't think it was going to be the Northeast IPA of craft beer, but I thought that meated beer was going to get some legs. Like, like a, I never really thought you were serious about that. Because... No, like, about, no, okay, so legs. I, I would have thought that, you know, we would have had up to 10 of them on the show by now. No, nowhere close, right? We've had maybe yeah. three. Yeah. And they're... Most of them are smoked right. German beers or right. something. Um, so, I, I just thought that, you know, people were... We had one were, with Scrapple in it. We had one with... We had the bacon one. And... I You know, I thought brewers were looking for new things to do, and I thought adding meat to beer was going to be it. Uh, who thought that adding oats to your IPAs was going to be it? But, you know, this is, like, one of the first times, like, the Goza phase, the Sour... None of those phases I thought were going to, like, flip craft beer on its head. Now I'm thinking that this might be a sea change. Like, there might be, like... Yeah. The way to run a successful business is to, like, just... To have one of these. Throw one... At least, right? I mean, you you gotta have one of these in your gentlemen. Throw out like most of your beers and make like six of these. Well, wait a minute. The brewer gentlemen also make some fantastic other stuff. They do, but they also also have three of these on at any time. Yeah, true. Uh, I, I mean, the ones that I that I that I bring back in in growlers, of course, are are these IPAs that I find fantastic. But like I said, the English mild that I had was also no, no. They make other things that they're. I'm not saying that it's. Okay, so when I said cheat code, I meant I didn't mean like anyone could do it and make millions. I meant like you're you're hacking the drinker. You're, what, you're... what I what I got from it, what the, the almost that, like an epigenetic change. <laughs> the thing that popped up in my mind was that it's the new spicy tuna roll. Everyone's gonna have one, right? Everyone's gonna have to have one on their repertoire because the style is so popular. People are gonna be literally like wondering why is my IPA not cloudy. There is 
there's going to be I if this trend continues, this is going to be the kind of thing that everybody is going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing it pop up more and more places. Mm-hmm. Uh, local breweries. A couple of them are, are getting in. And Hitchhiker has pretty good hazy IPAs. Grist House is decent. Not, not as, you know, I'd put them in there. Uh, East End has one called... I think Grist House is, is, is pretty good. I mean, they're not quite up to Virginiamen yet, but I think that they're yeah. getting there. They're, they're, they're the ha- they have the Hazadelic. Yeah. That one's not pretty my good. favorite. Yeah. And then they have uh, Undead Unicorn, which is almost a hazy wheat type thing. Um, so I wonder if this will also inspire sort of hazy, other haziness. Like, will we see hazy brown ales? Will we see, like, just experimentation of throwing uh, different uh, different ingredients into different styles of beers and seeing if there is uh, something I else that think, sticks? I think you're right. That's a good point, right? Like, what else can oats do? Yeah. But... You know, they kind of hacked all, the already most popular style of beer. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to have something as impactful. You know, your your hazy Kolsch might be mind-blowing bonkers, but it's not an IPA, so it's right. not going to get as much traction. Yeah, hazy Kolsch just seems weird because part of the thing that I like about a Kolsch is, is the cleanness. <laughs> I hear you. Right. I'm, but I'm just saying, you know, you, you put in something unexpected. Right, but so so the but putting about, oats in an IPA was unexpected. I mean, the thing about IPAs was was for the longest time, especially you know, particularly when we started, there were there were breweries that didn't do IPAs, and they were saying, well, IPAs are too easy because you can throw so many flavors at people. In a sense, that that still it was always true, but now it's not just flavors you can throw; it's also textures and other things, and that is mm-hmm. is what we're finding with the IPA is that. As a platform, there's so much more you can do with it besides just throwing bitterness at it or just throwing a bunch of different hops. There, there's dozens, if not hundreds, of more hops than back then. Right. We talk about all these less apparently bitter hops, the mosaics, the galaxies, those kinds of hops. And that whole less apparently bitter the thing that happened in Phase 3 is a big component in hazy IPAs. Yes, so hazy IPAs, I feel, are an uh, an extension. Uh, well, I I uh, think a, that revol- it's... a revolution of of phase three. And but I think it's also I mean it's also the textural component because there might be those who's if you just had IPAs with these less apparently bitter, they mm-hmm. might not stand up necessarily to the malts that they're using to get there. Um, so. It's a confluence of a bunch of different factors that allow this to go off. Like I don't know whether hazy IPAs would have taken off in the Chinook uh, Amarillo era. It's, no, it's you no, know. you're right. Well, like I said, it fed into it, you know. But definitely because for those people who don't like IPAs, give them a, a Mozilla Clear. IPA or Mozilla. Mozilla. <laughs> give them give them Firefox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now it's completely out of my head. For those people who don't like IPAs, right. bitter beers. No, yeah, but the name of the hop that starts with an M that <laughs> is completely Mosaic. Out of my head. Mosaic is completely out of my head for a second there. <laughs> Holy crap. Um I like Mozilla. <laughs> we should have Mozilla hops. <laughs> Oh, there's a trademark on it. Can't have it. Yeah. Um, Mosaic Galaxy. Well, you could call it. So, okay. okay here, here's here's my thing. So, Godzilla, right? Mozilla obviously comes from yeah. Godzilla. Godzilla, of course, is originally in Japanese Gojira. Okay. So, Mojira. Mojira. <laughs> Mojira. Okay. What was I saying? Uh, I you know I feel that you know what is a hazy IPA that's apparently bitter. You know, it's it's not not the what we what we're seeing. So these are definitely like a, an offshoot of these of what we call our face. Well, the mainstream hop song started to build. Yeah. But it also wasn't white. It wasn't white, day. right? And it wasn't it, it didn't have galaxy in it. Galaxy is is this hop that 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 uh that I definitely love. It's a very like non 
apparently bitter hop. It has a lot of tropical qualities to it. It has really, as far as I can tell, no sulfury quality to it. I really can't pick mm-hmm. out sulfury stuff that comes from it. Yeah. But it's also good in blends and and alone. Sometimes it can suffer a bit uh, because it does, it may not have the the legs that like mosaic does, where mosaic has so many different avenues you can go. You can get single hop mosaic, and you can really get something good. Single hop galaxy, you gotta do your malt well too to mm-hmm. to, yeah. to get it right. Double orange starfish from Aslan Beer Company. Holy cow! That was I like it. That was a special beer. I like it. And we chatted forever, and Greg is still working. I'm not gonna force him to rush it. We do have one more beer. It's in a bomber. We're gonna drink just a little bitty bit of it. We got here from Evil Twin Brewing. Assuming that it's good, the rest will go to Heather. Yes. <laughs> Did you, I don't know if you saw my tweet. Uh, real quick. So, my Heather, my wife, you know, she, my wife. My wife! <laughs> she didn't drink uh, beer for, for many years. Mm-hmm. And then she drank Frembo's. And then eventually she got into Imperial Stouts. Right. And she just destroys cases of Imperial Stouts. It's what gets her through motherhood, I think. Um, and that's okay. But two weeks ago, she dropped the kids off at that Steam Studio that we were talking about. And she went to a pizza place that has some beer. And she had a hazy IPA from Pizza Boy. And she got a taste of it. And she liked it. She added a pint. So like two weeks in a row, she had a pint of that. And now this week... I have that Hefeweizen, the Dreamweaver from Trogues on tap in the house here. And uh, she was drinking that. So, like, her palate is, like, rapidly expanding. and, and It just needed uh, 10 years of, of pushing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, she's drinking. We had, we had Aaron on last week. And, and you know, she, uh, she jumped into things pretty quickly. But, you know, sometimes it takes other people more time. But it's good to see yeah, her. Don't, don't expect to ever have Heather on the show. I've, I've tried. And she just... Doesn't it's just not her thing, which is yeah. fine, right? I mean, hey, did not everybody wants to do this sort of sort of thing? Yep. Yeah, I've always said it'd be, it'd be fun to have her, but it'd also be fun to have uh, our friend Damien on the show. But he doesn't want to do it either, mm-hmm. so it's just you know, hey, people people want to do things, people don't want to do things. Yep. This is from Evil Twin Brewing, Liquid Double Fudge, which <laughs> that that's a hell of a name. Uh. It reminds me of Young's Double Chocolate Stout in terms of his name, right? Because Evil Twin has a great name of a beer right now. It's like I've always liked IPA more than I've liked people or something like that. <laughs> I don't feel that way. Uh, the style is Imperial Stout. The brew, the it was brewed at uh, Two Roads in Connecticut, which is often where Evil Twin does a lot of uh, <laughs> his brewing. Twelve uh, percent on this guy. Uh, color is very, very dark with, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just dark. There's really no highlights on this guy. It's just dark. All right. So this is, uh, batch number, are those supposed to be numbers? <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Okay. So what do they look like? Are they some kind of strange symbols? First one you... looks like a Minecraft character and then. You got its coffin, and then a five, and another coffin. What? <laughs> Doesn't look like a little Minecraft figure on the first character there? No, it looks like batch number zero, zero, five. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Zeros? <laughs> the, 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 the thing you were saying is the Minecraft character is a hash number. Oh, is it? Yeah. I see arms and legs. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a little, like, scraped off, so it's not, like, perfect, but it looks to me like it's batch five. Zero, zero, five. They're, they're being quite, uh... <laughs> hey, we started naming our shows with, three, with two zero leads, so they'd sort of right. Yes. Episode zero, zero, one. I always well, like... we always, did we always start like yes. that? Yes. Oh, really? Well, no, actually, at show eight is where I decided to pat them with zeros. Oh, okay. Because I wanted them to sort Because you wanted them to sort correctly, yeah. And then after a thousand shows, I figured, screw it. (laughs) 
Yeah, if we so get that we, far. So we, we were only at a 480, 430-something. Right. right. right? So I, it took me six or seven episodes to realize I needed zero padding. They did it at least at batch five. So yeah. they're a little bit smarter than us. Well, I, that that should be something that I expect to be common. <laughs> so what's going on in the aroma here? It's um, it's called liquid double fudge. Doesn't smell like liquid double. Yeah, fudge. it doesn't smell like liquid double fudge. It smells a little bit woody, like uh, oakiness, or, or yeah, maybe... yeah. That's that's right. I was trying to pin it down, but you're absolutely right. It's oakiness. Oaky, or you know, maybe like a more aromatic wood, like that Palo Santo wood from Dogfish or Frankincense or something. The Palo Santo is better than this. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, at least it, it's more uh, has more things going on than this. I don't want to say better necessarily, but it has more interesting aroma stuff. I just smelled cherry hockey chicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what that might be is is you know that umami like a lot of soy mm-hmm. sauce right that might be a quality here. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's definitely a lot of umami in there. It's 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 sweet. It's got a lot of bitterness to 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 a little smoky to hit there. It's a little smoky. Um, not, I mean. After those those hazy IPAs, the body feels thin on this guy. A little it? bit. I mean, when you taste this, do you taste double chocolate fudge? I don't. Liquid double fudge. Liquid double <laughs> Whatever that's supposed to be. Is there a non-chocolate fudge? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's peanut butter fudge and vanilla okay. fudge. Okay, yeah, I guess that's true. Is there vanilla fudge? I've had white fudge before. Wow. I, I want to have some of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to try it anyway. Just, I like to try things even if they might be necessarily bad. Butternut fudge. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. So, yeah, there are different types of fudge. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm now thinking back to the beginning of the show when I was like, there are, there's only one ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the only times I proved Greg wrong. <laughs> No, that is not true at all. Okay, I can count them on both my hands. That though. is that again is not true. I've been <laughs> wrong way more times than than uh, than that, uh, and I will admit. Look, hey, I'm wrong a lot uh, because it's a rare victory <laughs> when I can when I can prove you wrong and you don't prove yourself wrong. Uh. I do like sticking my head out there when I think I have an idea that that's correct. Uh, but I'm also willing to, to say, yep, yeah, no, I was way wrong on this thing. All right. So we had a heck of a discussion about Hazy IPA. Yes. So I think, I don't know if there's much to say about this beer. Is it's there? not not really. It, it's At 12%, is it really worth your sobriety? That's a great question. It's It's fine, but it's... It's not. I mean, compared to what we when have. I hear liquid double fudge, right? Something comes into my mind, mm-hmm. like like a like a brown, like an extravagant brownie that just feels like I'm I'm floating right. and I'm tasting it, right? And that's not. And this is kind of this little smoky, woody, cocoa, yeah, beer at twelve percent. Yeah. All right. Let's let's rank since we went on that. Big long exploration of hazy IPA. All right, what name do you like for that? Northeast, any hazy? Uh, New England, New England. I like New England. I mean, there's India Pale Ales, Russian Imperial Stouts. I like the where it came from. Yeah, the, just the the idea of that being part of juicy. The, some people like calling it juicy. Some people call it juicy. Some people call it hazy. I'm I'm agnostic as to what what term it could be. Whatever works for people, but. I do think the New England works because of historically it seems sure, to, to fit sure. the idea of, of I'm trying to figure stuff. like I'm I'm with you generally I'm trying to trying to discern the nuance between New England northeast and N period E period mm. and what the difference is maybe Northeast to me is also fine because we have West Coast IPAs mm-hmm. so so the idea of the difference 
their works too. Like this is a northeast mm-hmm. and this is a west coast. You can really there is an absolute difference that you can demonstrate yeah. very, very strongly. So, northeast works too. Okay. Northeast might might, might even be better in some sense. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that. I I think that a lot of what I've seen on Twitter, people don't want to anchor to a region, right? They're they're kind of hazy, or I think hazy is probably the leader online. Well, then no one was complaining about West Coast IPAs, so that seems weird. Well, that's that's why I'm with you, right? It's like I'm not a New Englander, barely a Northeasterner, Mm -hmm. probably not technically, and no, not technically, yeah. There's a big wide state between us and the yeah. northeasterners. Well, I mean, even New York doesn't necessarily consider themselves northeast. Okay. Right. So, oh, I would have. That's interesting. We're late. Let's talk about yeah. Simposia. Write this down. All right. Ranking. Do would you like to go or do you want me to go? You go because I need to think about. All it right. More. I'm going to put the evil twin here, the liquid double fudge in the. Uh, tale of the rankings it's just after that flight with some really good beers this guy was just kind of eh there was I was a lot more excited about it than than the than it came across I, I mean evil twin makes some really interesting stuff you know heather has on our second case of uh even more cocoa jesus that's a pretty good beer this one's pretty I've boring i tried it i'll give you can take home uh, second to last place, I'm going to put the early riser from Boulevard. And I think maybe it could have got ranked a little bit higher if we were able to have it more fresh. Mm. Uh, but what we had in that beer was interesting. That coffee liqueur, a decent porter, a slight oxidation on it, I think. And it was, it was still pretty tasty. I'm going to put the Sam Adams Oktoberfest in fourth place. I hate putting the three double IPAs on top, but that's just the way it works out tonight. Um, the Oktoberfest, I, the aroma was enamoring. We smelled this as much as we smelled any of those double yes. IPAs. Yes. The reason it is all the way down in fourth place is because I think it was just a little too sweet in execution. If they would have kept a little more hops in there like many Oktoberfests have, but still stay malt forward, yep. malt dominated. I think it would be a really special beer. But just drinking even my six ounces, half a glass of that, it was started just to get a little started to get really sweet. We'll put the crusher in third place. Um, crusher, it had the most age on it out of all of these double IPAs. What I liked about that is that the flavor didn't necessarily taste stale. It reminded me of some of my favorite double IPA experiences from when I was a new beer drinker. Uh, Victory Hop Wallop comes to mind. I think this and that were like really similar and it it kind of had a little bit of a nostalgia factor on it as well. I'm going to put the uh, Main Street Pop Song in second place. This beer was fascinating because when Greg and I poured it, I poured kind of back and forth. So we had equal distribution of whatever would be in the can for stratification. But the stratified stuff was so heavy that it sank to the bottom of both our glasses. Oil and water kind of situation going on. And as we drank it at the top, we had a different beer, both of us in both of our glasses than we had at the bottom. At the top, it was much more creamy vanilla, vanilla cream. You said like a smoothie. Yeah. And you had blueberries. And then as we got down, it got more orangey, more tangerine and more, a little bit like a wet hopped Bernie Lupulin thing in the back of your throat. Which is really cool. That's a notable thing. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. that. that's an awesome thing to have that experience in one can of beer, to have essentially two beers. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that. it was great. I like that. But, you know, this Aslan Beer Company, this double orange starfish, holy smokes. <laughs> this thing was bonkers. Next level bonkers. <laughs> it was 
I, I, I'm having a hard time remembering exactly what it was other than just how much I loved it. Was it was so good. It was so good. Thank you, Greg, for sending us some of these beers. And that, that has Can like, I be Greg? Yeah, you're welcome. Go, Mr. Weiss, on your order of rank. Well, okay. So here's my rankings. They are exactly the same as Jeff's rankings. Uh, as I was sort of writing down Jeff's, I was thinking about, yep, yep. Yep, 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 yep. It kind of all fits. So yeah, Evil Twin. This this Evil Twin goes in last place just because it's it really does not live up to its name, and it's just kind of fine. And it's twelve percent, and that's a lot of sobriety to put behind a beer that's just kind of fine. In in fifth place, I'm going to put the Boulevard, which may be much better if we have it when it's fresh. So we are having it considerably after its yeah. its, its date, uh, it's, and uh, in fourth place, I'm also going to put the Sam Adams, which you know I definitely enjoy. I I enjoy the Sam Adams Oktoberfest, but these other beers were in front of it, and and as Jeff mentioned, it did start to get a little sweet, and there was like there was definitely that feeling that if you put more hops into here, if you had some more bitterness and a little bit more balance, it would have been even better. It might have even gotten, you know, up to second place. It could have had second. Yeah. With a little more balance, I mm-hmm. think. In third place could have been the Alchemist, which again maybe have been the fadedness of it. As Jeff was talking about. In second place the Stillwater, the 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 one we started with, which was really interesting and having that difference was really cool, but that Aslan was Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really do appreciate it that you listen to the show. Uh, you can contact us. Uh, email is beer at craftbeerradio.com. On Twitter, I'm at Jeff Bearer. I. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I'm at CDR Greg. And uh, we have a group shared account at Craft Beer Radio. If you just want to tweet at the podcast, at the nebulous idea of the podcast, you can tweet at Craft Beer Radio. Usually the podcast itself does not respond. One of us will respond. But it hasn't, I don't think it's happened yet. But maybe one day, maybe one day it will. The podcast will respond? They'll gain sentience, yes. But we definitely respond if you email us at Twitch not twitter us it's tweet us i'll twitter you greg here let me twitter you tweet 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 (laughs) you got uh puddles the clown here i think it's a great version so yeah it's it's awesome i was telling greg that uh when heather and i went to the oma gang bed and breakfast it was also Oma Gang's anniversary. I forget which anniversary it was. But they were having a big festival. And we were getting a tour of the brewery. And we're walking from one room to the other. And there's this big six-foot-five white clown in front of me. And unfortunately, I didn't know who Puddles was at the time. And he doesn't. apparently he doesn't talk when he's in costume unless he's singing. So he was just there with a sad face and holding his suitcase. And... Uh, a couple weeks later, I learned a Puddles pity party, and that's him singing right there, but he won't talk in character, that's for sure. Just he's got like a Daniel Day Bay Lewis thing he's got going on. He's a clown. He just, you know, clowns. So, like the It movie. What's up? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but neither have I. Alright, thanks everybody. Diamonds